Welcome to Project Give Back Connects, an extension of Project Give Back in the classrooms, dedicated to inspiring young students to become empathetic, understanding, and community-minded leaders. Project Give Back Connects offers a dose of inspiration and thoughts for discussion. Each live episode is taped and shared with classroom teachers and their students. Sit back, get cozy, let's get connected. Hi everyone, it's so good to see you. Welcome to Project Give Back Connects, season number two. I am so excited about this season's lineup. We have the most inspiring, wonderful people coming on our Connects this year, and I, I can't wait for you to meet them and learn from them. Uh, tonight is all about mental health. It's uh, a huge buzzword going on and for so many reasons. Uh, you know, our lives are, are so unpredictable. You know, we're living through a pandemic. It's, uh, we don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring and there's so many changes and it's, it's so hard to navigate our fears, our worries, our anxieties. We're all feeling it. And kids, even more so right now. And today, I watched a young 14 year old on YouTube and she was sharing her story and it was her fight with depression. And I, I'm still, I'm still so uneasy from it because I was so upset to watch this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful person who's 14 years old fight such a battle. And her mom shared her message on YouTube. And it was, it was upsetting and beautiful at the same time because now this young person who seeked help and is doing so much better, can now help others. And, and that's what it's all about. We, we have to help each other through this. And thank goodness we have experts. Thank goodness they're professionals to help us through these times. And we have one here today. He is so sought after and so admired. And his, he's a psychiatrist and his name is Dr. Martin Katzman. Uh, he's the founding member of what is now called Anxiety Canada. He's published endless articles on anxiety, mood disorders, attention deficit disorders, and pain. He is the founder of Start Clinic for Mood and Anxiety Disorders. Um, I first met Martin when his daughter Jessica was in grade five and she was in Project Give Back, and she chose Anxiety Canada for her Project Give Back year. And she also brought her dad in as a special guest speaker. And I'll never forget his words or Jessica's because they talked about the difference between a worry and anxiety and when to seek help and when not to seek help. And it was just so eye-opening for us as a class and we have him here today with us. Welcome, Dr. Katzman. Thank you for being here. Thank you for such a lovely, lovely introduction. Um, I'm honored to be here and happy to be approaching this topic for your students, for you, the people who are reaching out. <coughs> Pardon me. A lot of what we do every day is pretty stressful. And 
The thing that drives stress is uncertainty. In essence, what happens is we line ourselves up to try and make sure we know what's going to happen, to be certain. But the more uncertain things are, the more anxious we get. And people who have more of a risk of developing an anxiety disorder, and that's a high level of anxiety that causes them uh, to suffer. <clears throat> Pardon me, I'm going to have a drink too. People who are um, suffering with an anxiety disorder are particularly uncomfortable with uncertainty. So their lives are all around trying to find ways to make it go away. And we do lots to try and make uncertainty go away. We become very much creatures of habit. So we go to school the same way. We pack our bags the same way. We organize our room the same way. We eat the same way. <coughs> Pardon me. However, there are problems with that. Another thing we do to try and keep anxiety at bay, to try and make the stress of life uh, simpler, is we try to be perfect. So I turn to Ellen and I say, Ellen, as long as I'm perfect, I can prevent bad outcomes. And Ellen looks at me and smiles and says, but can you be perfect? And that's where that perfectionism comes. And it comes out in many ways when we're uncomfortable going to school and we're scared that we, that we won't have friends or we won't be able to interact with people. People may not like us, so I need to look perfect. I need to wear the right clothes, have the right makeup, like the right sports, do the right dances, know the right music. And what happens is it becomes so much pressure to live up to standards that aren't really fair. And the standards come from a lot of people who are perfectionistic, as we call them but their standards mostly come from us. And so what we're trying to do in almost every situation is to decrease that uncertainty by either being perfect or by following rules. All of these things, <coughs> pardon me, all of these things are designed to keep us well, to keep us safe, but they don't work. And when I think about it, I think about it um, as a series of tools that are poorly designed to make any difference. But what the cost of using these tools are is we get stressed, we get anxious. I'll give you an example from one of my um, early days. I played sports with a bunch of play, a bunch of guys that played football, basketball, whatever, baseball. And whenever I crossed onto the field, my whole team, we would all begin by crossing with our right foot so that we would get on the right foot in the game. Now, it, it was a fun kind of superstition, but I remember one of the guys on my team, by mistake, used his left foot. And the level of anxiety and stress that he felt that he had let down the team, that the team was going to lose, that we weren't going to do well, all because he hadn't followed the ritual. You see, when things are uncertain, we get scared. And that's why our parents do things like, have you texted me? Are you there yet? Text me when you get there. You didn't text me. You didn't call me. 
Now, all of this is around parents trying to ensure there is no uncertainty about the safety of their kids. Similarly, we, you know, children will check up on their parents. Are you okay? Where are you going? All of these kind of behaviors are really designed to shrink the uncertainty and make us less anxious because uncertainty turns on our anxiety alarm. And that's part of your brain called the amygdala. And what the amygdala does is it tries to decide what is high risk and what's not by looking at what's uncertain. And so people with anxiety disorders are more uncomfortable with uncertainty, develop these kind of behaviors. Now, one of the ways that people control uncertainty is they try and think of anything that can go wrong. And that's what Ellen was talking about when she was talking about worry. Worry is the game people play to manage their uncertainty by trying to think of everything that could happen and prevent it. It's a, it's a great idea, except it doesn't work. And why doesn't it work? Because you can't think of everything. You can't control everything. You can't manage it. And so all of the approaches we use to manage uh, uncertainty by trying to be perfect don't work. So what does work? Well, one of the things that's exceedingly important is to stay in the moment. That's why you'll see lots of people doing mindfulness or meditation, yoga, because the whole point is to stay in the moment, to listen to your breathing, to feel your body, to know that really you can't alter the future, which is where worry comes from. You can't change the past, which is where depression and sadness comes from. Oh my God, I did this wrong or that wrong. The one thing you can interact with is now. And when you're in the now, inevitably you're going to focus on forgiveness, acceptance. Because the only thing you have to fix when you're anxious is now. And since you're in the now and it's all in front of you, that's all you can do. I can worry about when I'm 20 years older and where will I live. I can worry about which university I'm going to when I'm in grade six. I can worry, will I get into the program I want? But until I get there, I, I can't interact with it. So accepting that you're in this moment and thoroughly living in this moment, thoroughly liking what you're doing in this moment, the control you have just of now, is where stress falls, drops. And that comes from mindfulness. And a, kind, a lot of psychotherapy can really get the person to get back to the moment as well some people need medications that can be very useful about that keep the person aware of where they're looking, i.e. the future, which is their anxiety, the past, which is where they get depressed, and bring them back to the now, because the now is where safety is. These are things you can learn. And once you learn them, it changes things. Anxiety doesn't have to be your permanent friend. You can invite it over once in a while, go back to the moment, and tell it to go home. Depression doesn't have to be your friend. You can say, I used to know you, but the game's changed. 
focusing on the now, learning the right psychotherapeutic tools to really change what you're doing and how you see yourself, using the right opportunities to change the way your brain works with medication and therapy. It doesn't have to be your best friend forever. As uh, my daughter used to say, you can kick it to the curb. Thanks, Ellen. I love that. That was so useful. You know, I'm, I'm seeing, um, I don't know, you guys can't see this, but I'm seeing the, the little hearts in the, in the squares. It's so nice. But um, I get that. I get that in the now. Um, Jacob, for 21 years, all he had was now. Like he didn't know what was coming. He didn't know what was behind him. He just had the now. And when you were with him, that's all you did. You just relaxed and your breathing slowed down and everything slowed down. And what great advice. Thank you for that. Thank you so much for being here. It's my honor. And I think of all the great things you do and have done and all the abilities you've provided others to connect, uh, it's an honor. And I think the lessons of Jacob can still, you know, they still go. I love that analogy about the friend too. Thank you. Really, truly thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Um, Many of you know that every Sunday we have a concert and it's on Zoom. And we've been doing it since COVID started. So it's here where I met our next guest. She came onto our jam and blew us away, like literally blew us away with her voice. And she's here today to share a little bit of her story and to sing a song that she wrote. Everyone, you are in for a treat. Please meet Skylar Wexler. Hi, Skylar. Okay, here we go. So I'm Skylar. I'm 16. I love writing music. Music is my passion. Um, and since we're focusing on the topic of access, uh, acceptance and forgiveness today, I thought I'd focus more on something that uh, resonates with me a little bit more, which is forgiveness of oneself and accepting yourself from within. Uh, I often hear people preaching about uh, the ways that you should accept the world for what it is, uh, but just as important as that, if not more important, is forgiving yourself. Uh, sometimes life is going to shove you to the ground, and I'm not going to lie, it's going to suck, like, a lot. But sometimes, even when you feel like you're trapped in the dark with no way out, the most important thing that I could possibly tell you that I learned is not being, str- is not being strong enough alone does not make you weak. Lean on the people around you and know that you're only making yourself stronger by doing so. So the song I'm about to play for you might sound like a depressing wad ball of sad, <laughs> which, which it is, it is a depressing ball of sad. But the reason I love it so much is because when I play it, um, I look back to the time it was written and I see how far I've made it from there, which it just makes me so happy to smile and and see the comparison of then and now and it reminds me that i can be strong and that self-forgiveness and acceptance it is so hard it's not remotely easy but it's also not impossible um so this is my original song uh it's called beautiful and i hope you guys enjoy it just before i start i am i don't usually get uh stage fright but i am a little bit nervous just because of how this song uh 
it's home for me. And it's weird because I'm usually I'm usually pretty good with all the stomach butterflies and stuff like that. But uh, thought I'd put that out there. Okay, here we go. Say you know me. You only know what I show. The smiles and the laughter, no happily ever after in mind. You can say you're sorry, but it's just an excuse to drop me into space and then scream in my face. It's no use. I'm not beautiful. cartoonist himself, Walt Disney, 
Um, he once said, and I think actually put in a movie at one point, I'm not sure which one, he said, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift and that's why it's called present. So just want to share that with you guys before I... Skylar, you are a gift. And I know, Sky, that you're going to take everything that you learned and all that pain and all those lessons, and you're going to help so many people with that incredible gift you have. Uh, thank you for being here, Skylar. I just, I just adore you. You are so special. That's my girl. <laughs> Glad you guys like it. We loved it. Thanks, Skylar. Incredible. Love you, Skylar. Right. Love you too, Dad. Thanks. <laughs> so last season, many of you met Ella Frankel Peacock. She wrote a poem and it talked about her personal fight with her anxieties that she called her wonky thoughts. So since then, she has become this social entrepreneur. She's taken her talents and her passion and just truly thrown it into action. And we are so happy to have her back with us. Welcome, Ella. Thanks so much, Martin. I can really relate a lot to what you shared today. And Skylar, you are absolutely amazing. Um, thank you, Ellen, for letting me be part of this special event again. It's always a pleasure. Um, I'm so excited to be here. So my name's Ella, I'm 13 years old, and I'm here today because I'm really passionate about breaking the stigma around mental health. As a quick backstory, when I was around eight, I started to have what I like to call wonky thoughts. As time went on, I got wonky thoughts every day and they were stopping me from doing what I loved. I started to realize that I was having anxiety. We went to a therapist that is one of my favorite people. I went to her for about two years before realizing that I needed to try medication. I was very worried about going on medication. I was worried that it was going to change me, make me a worse person, and do all these weird things to me. But then I tried it for the first day, and it wasn't all that bad. Now, I'm still to this day on this medication, and it has helped my life completely. So today, I would like to share with you what I've been up to all throughout COVID that has been keeping me busy. Now, I know what some of you may be thinking. Why is she on Project Give Back if she is talking about what has been keeping her busy all of COVID? Well, during COVID, I established a company called Mental Runway. I took my struggles and turned them into a passion. Mental Runway is a clothing brand where I customize t-shirts and sweaters and more all by hand to anything your mind can think of. And no, I do not sew the sweaters and t-shirts. A portion of the proceeds went and goes to Sick Kids Mental Health. I did a lot, a lot of research before choosing SickKids, but I knew it was the right organization. I started my business expecting it to not go anywhere, but put about four hours a day into making these sweaters. As time went on, I made an Instagram account, mental.runway, to promote my stuff. I started out with no followers, which was totally fine by me. But over the course of a month, I went from zero followers to 266. I was in shock. Now, I want you to understand, I don't care about the followers, but the fact that people wanted to support my small business for mental health was amazing. I recently donated the money I had raised so far to Sick Kids, and the total I raised was, drum roll please, $1,200. 
I am so happy on how I could help other people with their own mental health by raising money. The one thing I want everyone to take away from this is that no matter how old you are, you can make a difference. Thank you. Ella, thank you so much, Ella. And you are. And guys, you got to check out her Instagram. And we're going to be ordering, Ella. Just, just amazing. Thank you for being here. <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> so everyone... It is time for Kindness Corner. Lindsay's back and she has a great challenge for us. Hi, Linz. Welcome. Hi, everyone. Nice to see you all again. Last year, as we ended the year, we talked about school supplies for remote learning. And now, thankfully, students are back in school. And I wanted to highlight some small ways you could help one partner school that One to Give works with called Grenoble. Grenoble is located in the Thorncliffe community. And last year they had one of the most outbreaks out of all the TDSB schools. Before all the schools closed in January, Grenoble was already shut down. And so now they have a lot of students who remained remote learners because their parents didn't feel safe sending them back into the classroom. And all these remote learners are on really old iPads. And the thing with iPads is you can't type. So when they have assignments, it's really hard for the students to be engaged and to follow. Keeping in mind, this is a lot of students where English is a second language. At one to give we're collecting gently used laptops. And we have a tech volunteer who's wiping them down all clean and resurfacing them and getting them up running faster. And they're going right to Grenoble and the students are finding it way easier to learn with laptops. The other item that we're collecting is right now Grenoble's so lucky they have asymptomatic testing happening through a partner hospital who's taken a lot of interest in the Thorncliffe community. The problem is it's really hard to get these students to agree to taking a test home, taking it, sending it back. And what works best with kids? Toys. So little toys, little prizes that can be given for kids who take home these tests. Testing is the safest way to keep our community still running, to keep these kids still in school. They're also finding that prizes are going a long way with helping kids wearing masks. A lot of kids are coming to school without any masks and it's their teachers who have to give them out and have to explain the role that they play. So if you have any new small toys or a laptop, get in touch with us on Instagram at one to give to um, and we'll help you make it easy for you and you can make a difference. And as always, kindness is contagious. Thanks, Lindsay. That's amazing. We are so excited you're back and we're so excited to get on and, and join your challenges. And thank you again. You look great. It's so good to see you. Nice to see all of you. <laughs> Thanks, Linz. So everyone, thank you to our featured guests. Thank you to all of you for joining us. You know, you never know what someone is battling on the inside. You know, you look at someone and they look like they have it all together and you just can never judge. We can never know. Let's continue to embrace each other. Let's be kind to one another. Let's learn from one another, okay? 
and uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Mwah. Open your heart today.